Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on a big hump day Wednesday. Uh, with that, uh, of course, uh, Major League Baseball, the playoff games began yesterday, uh, wild card style. That's four games on tap uh, yesterday afternoon and yesterday evening. Meanwhile, we'll have a couple of coaches on this morning uh, at 7.30 and 7.45. Of course, uh, we'd like to get a little feel on them. Yesterday, they, the principals met up in Baton Rouge and decided uh, how to uh, keep the playoffs going, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that also. Of course, uh, also with that, uh, uh, just a little other news, too. Of course, we'll always have our Today in Sports History, but uh, leading off uh, sports right now, of course, uh, four games yesterday. The Twins' drought is over. If you can believe, the Twins beat the Blue Jays yesterday and Tuesday's wild card opener 3-1, to ending their 18-game postseason losing streak, the longest in North American uh, sports history. Yeah, it, it's, you know, at first I thought, they were talking about a losing streak of series, but no games. It's almost impossible to lose eighteen straight games anytime, any way. But uh, doing it, and they had some pretty good teams in the two thousand seven eight years, uh, challenging the White Sox. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Anyway, when you consider, like you said, eighteen games. I mean, the Twins won the World Series in eighty seven and ninety one. They beat the Cardinals in seven games, and that was the first time. Uh, I think all. Uh, home game, home teams won their games. They, of course, they had the home field advantage. Uh, they won four games to three. Then they came back and beat the Braves uh, the following uh, uh, four years later in 91. And, of course, uh, uh, losing 18 straight games. Anyway, uh, they had uh, seven straight uh, series dating back to 2004. The Yankees were for their biggest foe, beating them 13 times, though, uh, with that. Uh, and the Yankees beat them in four uh uh in six uh uh they uh of course the a's beat them at six uh in uh 2009 it was the yankees again uh beating them uh, uh four times four games to zero again in 2010 the yankees beat them in the alds uh with uh, that then they lost again in 2017, a wild card game against the Yankees. 2019, they lost to uh, the Yankees again. And uh, with that, of course, in 2020, the Astros beat them uh, for that. Uh, other games yesterday, of course, the Rangers, the Phillies, the Diamondbacks won their openers, leaving them one win shy of advancing to the division series. Of course, uh, with the Rangers, uh, 4-0 went over the Rays yesterday. Jordan Montgomery pitched seven shutout innings. In frames and and you ready, Jeff? I saw this and I made a note. They had nineteen thousand seven hundred and four people at the uh, Tampa Bay uh, playoff game. No, best stat of the day: worst attendance for a major league postseason game since nineteen nineteen. And that and, w- and it's nineteen thousand. I I think. It's yeah, really that's uh, well baseball symmetry. Catch it. Yeah, and the nineteen nineteen was the Black Sox World Series when they uh, lost to the Reds. Uh, the Chicago White Sox, of course, uh, a year or so later, uh, uh, eight of them were banded uh, from ever playing baseball again. So, uh, uh, as you say, a lot of uh, uh, with uh, the numbers there in baseball. Meanwhile, so uh, with that, uh, of course, uh, the Rays in in uh, playoff, uh, they've got to win today. You don't win today. The four teams that won yesterday, two uh, two road teams uh, won and two home teams won. Uh, but the Rays weren't one of them. Meanwhile, the Phillies beat the Marlins yesterday. The defending National League champs got off to a strong start behind da- a dominant pitching performance from Zach Wheeler. Six and two-thirds, uh, eight Ks, one earned run, and multiple hit games from Trey Turner and Nick Castellanos. So uh, with that, so uh, right now the Phillies uh looking pretty good right now. Uh, of course, they're the number one wild card seed in the National League uh, as they beat the uh, Marlins. Uh, elsewhere, uh, the Diamondbacks beat the Brewers, and kind of a surprise, Arizona won its first playoff game since uh, 2017 behind Rookie of the Year favorite Corbin Carroll, who went two for three with a homer, and we talked a little bit about him yesterday. He was, uh, uh, I think he was a 25-50 uh, man, 25 home runs, 50 stolen bases uh, with that uh, in the meantime. So the Diamondbacks uh over in Milwaukee, uh, I think uh, old Bob Uecker threw out the first pitch, I believe, yesterday for that game. Uh, of 
course, I still think he does Brewer games, but only home, home, games. home games. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't go on the road for the uh, Brewers in that regard. Uh, so uh, Bob Euchre throwing out the first pitch. Can't help the Brewers uh, yesterday as the Diamondbacks jump on him quickly. So uh, with that, uh, in the meantime, uh, uh, with the uh, the games yesterday, so um, they got, um, I want to say, uh, three more on today as uh, pretty much all accounted for with the same times uh, today's games. Texas uh, uh, will be at Tampa Bay, and uh, they lead the series one nothing. That's going to be a 208 first pitch. It's going to be Avaldi uh, against uh, Effin uh, for that game. Meanwhile, the second game uh, this afternoon at 338 first pitch, Toronto at Minnesota. Uh, of course, Minnesota finally winning a game. It's got Barrios uh, at Gray. Uh, pitching today. Minnesota's a betting favorite. I forgot to mention Tampa Bay. Even even though uh, losing yesterday is a betting favorite today. The over and under is eight runs in that game in the Minnesota-Toronto uh, game, seven and a half. Meanwhile, uh, the later on the evening game, uh, the first of two, Arizona at Milwaukee. Uh, Gallon's going to go for Arizona. Peralta for Milwaukee. Uh, interesting game. Milwaukee, a slight favorite, 124 over and under, 7.5. Then the late game at 708. Uh, Miami at Philadelphia. Of course, Garrett will throw for uh, Miami while Philadelphia goes with Baton Rouge native uh, Nola, uh, former LSU Tiger, will be pitching for the uh, Phillies to see if they can wrap it up uh, with those games. So in the meantime, um, I saw another stat, too, uh, that uh, surprised me, and I'm looking for that uh, information with with that. Uh, of course, the, the other uh, two uh, National League and American League teams are waiting out these games. It's a best of uh, uh, three who have wins the first two. Uh, meanwhile, uh, come, um, I think they start up again Friday. Uh, I do believe with the wild card games. Uh, uh, Saturday. Sa- it's Saturday. Okay, with the wild card games. uh cranking up so uh with that baseball right now uh playing well and uh, we'll see how uh that's going to come off but man to see the rays draw 19 not, not even twenty thousand fans to play they only average seventeen thousand, and you know the the prices were stupid cheap too uh, apart from philadelphia you could get a ticket in milwaukee uh, tampa for under 20 bucks uh, uh minnesota as well well, I can remember this is 2004, uh, maybe 2005. It might have been 2005. Uh, the Cardinals were playing the Astros in a playoff game in Houston. And the two days before the game, I went online and bought a couple tickets behind home plate for like 40 bucks. You know, I was kind of surprised. <laughs> I bought two, and I called a buddy to see if he wanted to go. We went to watch that game with the uh, Astros and the Cardinals, uh, uh, that particular, and that was in 2005. So just uh, amazing that you could find a $40 ticket behind old plate. We were up a little higher, though, uh, in the third terrace, but great seats. Yeah, that's about where we were, uh, Frank and I, for, uh, I want to say it was games. Where What games were in Houston? Three, four, and five. It was a Sunday. Yeah. Not that much I remember. And uh, the day we went, I'm pretty sure it was a Saturday when we drove down yeah. there. And uh, But I may forget, uh, um, uh, 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 what's dig, uh, uh, oh, the tech kid that threw at Texas and Boston. Roger Clements was pitching for the Astros then. And uh, the uh, Cardinal, uh, uh, oh, man, why my mind, senioritis, uh, uh, hit, hit the – First, first, the second pitch of the game. I think the first pitch was a ground out. The next pitch, uh, the left. Larry Walker hit a screamer <laughs> into the uh, 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 left center uh, out the ballpark, and I said, "Well, we might have a good day." But uh, came back, and the Astros late won the game on a three-run homer by uh, former MVP uh, of second baseman with the Astros. His name escapes me too right now, but uh, just a good game. Crowd, yeah, good crowd. Uh, Craig, yeah. Biggio? No, no, it wasn't Biggio. Uh, wasn't it second then? Nah, he, the, who was the third baseman with the Giants, won the MVP. Uh, small guy, but a big-time home run hitter and hit a three-run homer late in the bottom of the eighth inning to win the game uh, for the Astros. Anyway, meantime, baseball is taking uh, – Taking over right now, and just uh, you know, in certain uh, certain baseball games uh, throughout the uh, year, of course, years ago before all the playoffs started in '69, uh, you, the World Series was all underway right now through these games. And uh, anyway, uh, 
you know, the, some of these games uh, uh, just didn't take long to play. Maybe that's what it was last night. Uh, one of the quickest games ever played in Major League Baseball. And I think the, all the games ended before three hours, too, if my memory well, serves me correctly. That was the case for the season. Yeah, so I think uh, yeah, and uh, I think one of those games last night was one of the shortest games. I can't remember which one it was. It was one of the shortest games in playoff history uh, since the um, – vision of all the playoff games uh, in the last uh, few years so uh with that uh baseball uh, right now uh, we've got three more, four more games excuse me on today as uh they uh try to uh, uh see if teams can come back two road wins last night for t- playoff teams two home wins and uh but you know to see the rays i still go back to that uh i i can't and what's that stadium hold? Maybe thirty five, forty thousand. Oh, I'm sure fifty plus. You think that many? Yeah. And uh, and, and again, for a, the baseball configuration, and sometimes they cover seats to, I see that to lower the attendance number, and uh, so uh, that may be the case in Tampa. But if they wanted to open up every seat for baseball. I bet it's close to 50. Okay. Well, here the, in this particular article, it says the four to nothing loss to Texas was roughly 5,300 below the listed capacity of Tropicana Field. Uh, anyway, Game 7 of the 1919 World Series drew 13,923 at Redland Field in Cincinnati. The Reds won at that time. Uh, that particular year was the best of nine series against the White Sox. Uh, eight games, Commissioner Kennesaw Mountain Landis banned the eight players, of course, the Black Sox for life, throwing the games. Uh, the Rays routinely ranked among baseball's lowest at home attendance. They drew 1,444,000 fans, but uh, the team average, as you mentioned, 17,781 uh, uh, fans for 81 home dates. Uh, only the Kansas City Rawls, the Miami Marlins, and the Oakland Athletics had a worse average attendance. Of course, Tampa Bay's announced plans last month to build a 30,000-seat ballpark to replace Tropicana Field, the Dome Stadium, where they uh, played since uh, the club's inaugural season way back in 1998. So, uh, anyway, uh, just uh, you see that and you just shake your head and wonder about that, too. So, uh, what will they uh, draw today, uh, getting beat uh, by a score of 4 to nothing yesterday? So, anyway... Uh, you might think that Tampa Bay might be a team to look for a new home. Uh, well, and, and they did. You know, what, what's amazing is, though, that they're building another dome stadium uh, not far from the current one. We talked about it a week or two ago yes. where uh, they're building a small capacity, about 35,000-seat stadium, not a, a real big stadium. And maybe that's appropriate, is especially if all the seats are good quality uh, seats. But... Uh, why it's not a retractable roof stadium at this point, I have no idea. Yeah, good good point. Anyway, yesterday, a big vote up in Baton Rouge. And, uh, of course, we've got a couple of high school coaches on. We'll get their feelings about that. But the Louisiana high schools uh, make a huge statement with a definite uh, vote on select glossary terms. And member schools left no doubt as they voted to approve the current Louisiana High School Athletic Association definition of select school. A simple majority was needed uh, instead of approximately 68% of the 385 schools voted uh, yes during a special uh, call meeting uh, yesterday held up in the Marriott in Baton Rouge. And uh, basically some of those in the room placed their paper ballots in one of the four boxes at the front of the room before the meeting started. A handful of principals spoke during the meeting and uh, with one last-minute time limit, opposition was expressed. Of course, through uh, one of the nine schools, Northwood Lena principal Alex Gooding, uh, opened the meeting with questions about the parliamentary uh, procedures, which the Louisiana High School Athletic Association attorney Amy Groves uh, Lowe answered. Shannon Wall, the principal of uh, Northwood Shreveport, was among those who uh, asked schools to vote down the definition. Wall said that the Louisiana High School Athletic Association has made changes to meet the goals rather than the goals of the membership. And uh, Tuesday's process uh, included other voices, including Lincoln Preps, uh, Gordon Ford, who played a key role in January when the member schools delayed a vote on the select definition and the new playoff system. And at that time, parliamentary uh, uh, issue with another proposal could have disrupted the pending basketball playoffs as principals. Uh, we have abdicated our responsibilities. We have given over to the principals who sit on the executive committee. Ford said the vote today is simple. 
A vote no means we go back to the structure that we know does not work. A vote yes keeps the structure we have in place. It's not perfect, but it's better than it way it was. And many stayed to watch as the votes were tabulated. Louisiana High School Athletic Association Attorney Mark Boyer read each ballot uh, with the school's name and vote. Elsewhere, uh, the revamped select definition that schools approved was adopted over a year ago. It mostly notably added all charter schools and schools with any magnet component and schools located in open enrollment parishes to the select side. The unofficial tally was 259 votes in favor of the loan item on the agenda. The attendance of 95% of the member schools is the largest in decades, surpassing the attendance at the Louisiana High School Athletic Association's annual convention in many cases. Of course, the vote was held to answer a key question with the judge overseeing the case of nine schools from Monroe and Rapids Parish who sued the High School Athletic Association over their placement as select schools. Those schools were granted an injunction uh, until member schools voted on the definition. What happened Tuesday carries over other notable ramifications. It locks in the playoff format developed last year for the select, non-select sports of football, boys and girls basketball, baseball and softball, there will be eight football championships, four select, four non-select, ten in the other sports, five select, five non-select, with a nearly equal number of schools on each side uh, for the second straight year. The Louisiana High School Executive Committee approved the new playoff structure after approving the new grocery definition for a select school last year. Tuesday's large turnout for the vote and the results are significant in other ways, too. The Louisiana uh, High School Executive Committee has criticized for making def- uh, decisions without the approval of schools in recent years. In turn, many schools have taken a passive approach to the involvement of the Athletic Association. Basically, Shannon Folks uh, of Sam Houston said, I'm just glad everyone showed up. Uh, yes or no, everyone got here to vote. That's what I am proudest of today. Not only was the vote well above the simple majority, it also represents the uh, two-thirds vote of those in attendance something two previous votes to end the select non-select split by constitutional means could uh, not garner. So uh, anyway. it, it told me what we've been talking about for months, ever since this lawsuit came about. If, if the principals had a problem with it, they would have voted it out a long time ago. They've had a couple of opportunities. They were content. A majority were content. Yeah, they were. And and like you said, we felt that uh, the way things had broken out, other than maybe uh, throwing everyone back in one pot where we had uh, five state championship uh, games in lieu of the uh, eight now, uh, but uh, to go back to the old system, and uh, even though there's some unfairness there where maybe a low – a low-enrollment AAA school is going to play some uh, AA schools and vice versa with higher 4A uh, numbers and uh, as Westgate has run into with uh, playing some 5A schools. Uh, Catholic High played uh, a couple 3A schools in uh, baseball and football last year. So it's uh, – and in Lorville, I think, uh, is bumped up too as they had to play against uh, some tr- lower-level uh, uh, AAA no, schools. Higher level. Yeah, meaning uh, more, a little more students but not to qualify for double A. So uh, in the meantime, last year, Lorville, I think, got beat by what, St. James yeah. over in the Vashery area. So Catholic High got beat by uh, Lake Charles College Prep. So it didn't. And uh, Westgate uh, was defeated by Destrahan, if my memory serves yeah. me right, who ended summarized. up winning yeah. the state championship. Anyway, uh, time to uh, go ahead and take our first break here on Bayou Sports. Uh, you're listening to FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy 
Jacob Landry has been traveling around District 49 talking to friends and neighbors about bringing prosperity and economic freedom to all our citizens. As we visited with thousands of people across our great district, many asked, how can we get involved in moving our district forward? Join us by going to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com where you can easily sign up and join our campaign. Go to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com and register now to join us. Pay for about the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to answertopain.com. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big uh, hump day Wednesday. And on the line with us is head football coach of the uh, Highland Baptist Bears, uh, Coach uh, Rick Hudson. Good morning, Coach, and welcome to the show. Good morning, guys. How's it going, Coach? I know uh, it's been a tough go for you. This Friday you head on the road again, I think, what, your fourth road game uh, of the last uh, four weeks. So, uh with that, uh, I know uh, y'all played a uh, Vermilion Catholic team who uh, we joke uh, about tongue-in-cheek that uh, they were the winners of District A2A. They beat Lorville, They beat Catholic Eye. They beat uh, Ascension Episcopal. And you had to take on a pretty good Vermilion Catholic team that's ranked number two in the state in uh, single A. Yeah, they're, they're uh, a really good team. And, and uh, they got one of the best players in the state with their quarterback, uh, uh, Johnny John John Dartes and uh, uh, he played very well and and we did struggle with him at times but we also uh, we also had some bright spots and I, th- I thought our kids competed well. Coach, you mentioned uh, Saturday morning that you did get Parker back uh, um, again after a couple of week uh, laps. How how did he perform? He probably had the best game he's ever played. Uh, had about four or five just really outstanding throws. Uh, unfortunately, we had a couple of drops on those plays, but uh, the ball was couldn't have been placed in a better position. So, uh, and and a couple of them were really tight windows. So, uh, uh, I, I was really uh, excited to see how he performed. Very good. Uh, you know, um, we've talked about how uh, VC is playing well despite their numbers uh, being a little bit low, but obviously getting quality out of the the guys they do have in jerseys. How about your numbers? Uh, what have they been like lately? Well, we actually have more guys dressed out this year than we've ever had. Uh, you know, we're up to 33, which is not a large number, but that's the, the most we've ever had. And uh, only five seniors this year, so we have, have 28 of those coming back next year. And then our, our middle school numbers are up. We're, we're up to about, uh, you know, 27th and 8th graders. So uh, it's the most we've had dressed out in the last five years. Overall enrollment, is that improving too over at Highland? It's been pretty steady. It's been pretty steady. At uh, I don't think it's significantly larger. Uh, but you know, we a couple of years ago we graduated two really large classes back to back, and then uh, that that's part of the reason we had a little drop off the last couple of years in numbers. Just it was just strictly class size numbers. But uh, I think we're holding steady now. We've got a large seventh uh, and eighth grade class. Real good. We'll talk about uh, Friday's game in just a moment, but your thoughts on what went down with the LHSAA yesterday? Well, I really, you know, everybody asked me how I thought it was going to go, and I really didn't know because you you would talk to people who said, I like the plan, I don't like how it was done, and so I'm going to vote against it. And then you'd see other people say they were totally against it. Uh, so I thought it would be a little closer to 50-50. I was kind of surprised by the, the margin uh that it, that it turned out, but but it, but again, when I sit back and think, most of the people I talked about said it's the best plan we've had, 
most people's complaint was the way it was implemented when it was first done last year. And, and you know, uh, and uh, some of the coaches we talked to on a regular basis, it was, you know, if we would have known before the two-year scheduling period, we would have maybe scheduled differently. Exactly, and that's the biggest problem with it. And then the other thing is you have, you have schools that play in one class during the season and a different class in the playoffs, and that makes no sense. But, again, when they implemented it, they could not go back and redistrict and have everybody reschedule. So, uh, again, I think the timing of it was not good, and I think the way they went about it was not good. But I think the result of what they did is a much better playoff format for our state if we're going to stay split. Yeah, and that's the key, staying split. And we've got to remember, too, it's not just about football. No, no, and and there's some some other things, uh, you know. Uh, you look at when you look at the playoffs and who won state championships yet last year uh, in the division that we play in, the, you know, Division Four Select. Northwood Lena is is, you know, I think they won boys and girls basketball last year, and I don't know how many kids Northwood Lena gets from outside their uh, attendance zone, but knowing the the location of where that school is, I would find it hard to believe they get a a lot of kids from outside the zone. And they were one of the loudest protesters, weren't they? Probably so, but I mean it didn't it didn't hurt them any. They no. won the state championship in those two sports. So um again, there's always gonna be there's no plan that fits every school. Right. And I think you just have you know, there's exceptions on the select side of, of schools that that actively go out and get kids to to come to their school from outside their zone, and there's others that just take the ones that they get. Uh, but they do get kids from areas that other schools can't get, so that's the definition of select, I guess. Yeah, and you're a school, uh, obviously, one of the most least impacted because you're obviously a select school, um, a private school, and also with, with uh, one of the lower attendance uh, numbers uh, that you really didn't have much uh to lose yesterday. No, I, you know, we talked about that. You know, our, uh, our principal talked to all the coaches before he went to vote yesterday to find out, you know, what what our thoughts were and how we wanted to vote. And uh, the the phrase that kept coming back up was, "Well, it really doesn't impact us, and it doesn't impact us that much." So, um, again, I was I was surprised by the by the margin, which I guess means most people are are happy with where we are right now. It'll be interesting to see. What, what gets twisted or changed before uh, the next vote in January. Yeah, and, and, and again, I, I think it goes back to the idea if principals really were upset about it, they would have done something in January or they would have done something this past summer. Well, they can't complain now because they had their chance to, to vote yesterday, and, and apparently most of them liked the proposal. Again, I don't know what's going to be proposed in January. It'll always be interesting, uh, but uh, but... From what I can see, probably the next go-round, everybody will be – we're going to follow the same format, but the districts will be drawn up differently. Yeah. Is it time to get rid of um, the classifications as they are and just uh, for football maybe just do four classifications? I think so. I think if you're going to stay split the way we are, we definitely don't need five classes in any – in any uh, in any division, so or five five you know breakdowns in any division. So uh, again, it's just uh, I'm, I'm, they'll come out here in about another month or so with <laughs> the new proposals for next year that have been submitted by September first, and it'll be interesting to see some of those proposals. Got you there. Let's talk about Maryville uh, hitting the road as Tony mentioned for the fourth straight week. Uh, what does Maryville bring you? Well, they're very similar to us in, in numbers, and uh, they've been struggling the last couple of weeks with some injuries. Uh, that you know, they came over here last year. We had them down at uh, halftime. They came back and beat us in the second half. They're a run-first team. They run about ninety percent of the time. Uh, they get in a lot of unbalanced formations and some unique formations that you don't normally see. But uh, you know, we're going to have to stop the run, and if we can't do that, they'll, they'll do what they did to us last year in the second half, and that's just keep the ball away from us. So we're we're really uh, trying to gear up for defending the run with a couple of variations personnel-wise and schematically. So 
hopefully we can get them off the field and get our offense going. There you go. Anything, uh, advice for fans who may want to make that trip? Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the facility there. Well, they're right up there, pretty close to the Louisiana-Texas state line, uh, kind of west of DeRitter. Uh, coming from New Iberia, you know, you go through uh, Lake Charles and head north. Uh, it's about a two-hour, two-hour and 35-minute trip, according to uh, all the uh, uh, navigation apps we use. So on a bus, probably be a little closer to a three-hour drive. Um, leave early and, uh, <laughs> and and enjoy the trip. There you go. See some scenery you hadn't seen in a while. You know, I'm I'm not going to suggest that Friday is the optimum football weather, but you're ready for something that might only be in the mid to lower 80s by game time on Friday. Right, and they're they're saying that Friday night it could get down into the 50s. I don't think it'll get that cold during our game, but no, uh, no. by the time we get home that night, it'll be uh, low 60s or even in the 50s. That'll be uh, that'll be the thing we've all been looking for since July. No, no doubt about it. Coach, uh, appreciate you joining us. I will uh, look to check in with you Saturday morning uh, with our parkas on. Well, maybe not parkas, but uh, but we'll uh, look forward to checking in with you Saturday morning to talk about Friday's game. Good deal. We'll, we'll talk to you all then. Appreciate yeah, it, Good coach. luck to you, Coach. Yeah, tough. You know, uh, with the uh, numbers he has, I think he mentioned five seniors on that team. So uh, tough. Uh, not a whole lot of experience. And, but a lot uh, returning next year. That's right. Just, so just uh, keep them uh, involved in the that, program. That's right. Hopefully uh, keeps uh, people intact. And, uh, of course, Holland Baptist, uh, who has made some playoff games over the years. So uh, they just, uh, uh, with uh, experience down a little bit this year, Coach, uh, fighting through that, uh, wishing the best. And uh, like I mentioned, Full time on the road, you know, that's, that's tough. And then a nice two and a half to three hour trip, uh, by bus up to Maryville. Uh, didn't realize it was, uh, that far away, uh, that far up, uh, outside of, uh, Lake Charles area. So, uh, good, good news though. Three out of four, uh, final games at home, uh, Covenant Christian, Centerville, and Central Catholic. The, the one road game they have, Generette. So. Yeah. Uh, they've got a pretty easy after today. That's not right. not easy, but but uh, with regards yeah. to uh, travel, yes, yeah, it's limited, very limited. So wish them the best of luck. Uh, meanwhile, uh, got uh, this being a hump day Wednesday. Uh, got a, a few ball games tomorrow night to uh, locally uh, as Opelousas, uh will journey to New Iberia to take on the Yellow Jackets. Uh, Opelousas has a pretty fine running back too. Uh, uh, his name escapes me, but. Uh, Pretty good running back, putting up some pretty big numbers. So the Yellow Jackets, uh, when we talk to Coach uh, uh, Learman uh, Thursday, uh, will tell us a little bit more about the Opelousas Tigers. Other games in the area, Como will be at Southside, Northside at uh, Lafayette Christian, and Elton will be at Gaydon to take on the Bears uh, in those ball games uh, Thursday night. So uh, with that, uh, of course, a whole host of games on Friday night, of course, as Holland Baptist will travel to Maryville to take on uh, that team uh, elsewhere. Erath is at St. Martinville. Westgate uh, journeys to Turlins to take on uh, the Turlings Rebels uh, elsewhere locally. Catholic High and Ascension Episcopal go at it along with Delcombs at Franklin. West St. Mary's at Lorville, which a game that we'll have here on Kane Radio Friday night uh, with airtime around 6.10 yes. or so. And kickoff, you expect around 7 o'clock. Elsewhere, other games, Hanson Memorial is will be a generate uh, for their uh, game. So a uh, whole host of games on. Uh, we'll keep you up with the uh, scores and all and uh, with games tomorrow night. But uh, a lot going on in high school football. And with that, uh, time to uh, take our next break and hope to have on Coach uh, Audio Lauza from the Delcom Panthers. And when we come back, you listen to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be right back after this. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. 
We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com. Introducing Six Flags Plus, your pass to a whole year of unlimited visits with access to all Six Flags theme parks and water parks, plus priority entry, plus parking, plus in-park discounts on food and more, plus amazing rides and awesome events you don't want to miss. Get all you love about Six Flags, the new Six Flags Plus, all of Six Flags all year. Experience Six Flags Plus now for just $11.99 a month. See details at SixFlags.com. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240 as we're trying to uh, reach Coach Ordealosu of the Delcom Panthers at this time. In the meantime, of course, uh, the Delcom Panthers, uh, they will uh, travel to Franklin to uh, take on the Franklin Hornets in a District A2A game uh, in that regard. So uh, we'll see uh, with that. Of course, as I mentioned, trying to see if we can't reach Coach Artie Lauza, uh at this time. But with that, uh, Jeff. You may remember last year, every once in a while, he had to pick up a class um, substitute, didn't make it or something. But not sure what the case may be. But he'll call us back if he has that opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and with that, of course, they'll be on the road uh, at Franklin to, to take on the Hornets. And, uh, you know, they, like Highland Baptist, this, uh, They've, they're in a three-game road uh, swing. Uh, last week they played Westminster Christian, not a great outcome for the Panthers. But uh, they travel to Franklin. Then uh, the following week they come to Catholic High uh, next week uh, on uh, Friday the 13th, Trista Decophobia, as they take on the Panthers. And it's Catholic High's homecoming. And that particular night uh, next Friday we'll have that game here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240 with that course the Delcom team, uh, like uh, Highland, have had, had it rough. Not a lot of uh, uh, seniors are experienced on those teams. Uh, with that, I think Coach Laosa said he had three seniors and six juniors, I believe, on that team this this year. So, they, again, uh, lack, of, lack of experience uh, with the Delcom Panthers uh, in that regard. So, uh, meanwhile, um, with that, of course, Delcom, after playing Catholic High, uh, will be at home finally against West St. Mary Ascension Episcopal in Lorville. They've got three home games in a row to uh, end the season uh, right now. So uh, with that, last week uh, the Panthers uh, journeyed, uh, I believe, to Westminster Christian where they were defeated by a score of 38-6. to So uh, with that, uh, as I mentioned, just a lack of experience. Uh, has a lot of sophomores and even freshmen. And was he the one that mentioned, or was it Coach uh, Hudson that had a couple of eighth graders? even uh, participate in one of their games this year. Uh, Not sure about that. I I can say from Saturday's conversation, you know, they went in 0-4, but they never felt like they weren't in games, that, you know, they didn't play to the best of their abilities, even if their abilities didn't match the abilities of the other team. He was really disappointed last week saying, you know, this is the first game I really feel like we lost. And, And he said he told his players this. It felt like the first real loss because he didn't think he got the best effort out of his team. And we'll see how that conversation goes as they try and shift gears uh, as they hit the road at Franklin. Yeah, and with that, too, uh, uh, of course, the, the the Panthers, as we mentioned, just lack of experience. Has some pretty good numbers, it seemed like he mentioned. Uh, but just uh, when you have a small senior class, uh, the experience in uh, in football, just like any other sport, you've got to slow the game down. As crazy as that seems, uh, is where you just react to something and don't have to think about it. And that comes with playing time and being on the field and all. So uh, hopefully uh, he can get a senior class, a good senior class for AA schools, anywhere from 14 to 16 kids and seniors. So, uh, And you'd like to think that they, you could have uh, – 
uh, around 50 or so players on your team from freshmen, sophomores, juniors, and seniors. So uh, that's important. But in the meantime, uh, Delcom being one of the smaller double-A schools enrollment-wise uh, through the course of uh, uh, Louisiana classifications. And like Coach Hudson said, you know, uh, this this coming year is a redistricting of everything. So you're going to wonder how all that's going to come into play with uh, the redistricting and uh, with um, the teams of uh, your comfortable size and the select and non-select. Would most of these schools play only select teams? Would uh, the non-select teams play only non-select teams in a certain district? Uh, be interesting to see how that's going to all come about uh, with the formation and the changes of all the districts this year coming up. You know, will you have basically a, a separate uh, uh, divisions uh, with regards to select and non-select with district schedules? And I don't know how that will go about uh, when well, you think and, about and, it. You know, the last 10 years, there's been no problem in the regular season mixing the two uh, and then just a separate playoff system. Uh, no one's shied away from that. And, uh, again, hard to believe it's been 10 years since the playoff split. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think they're heading in the right direction. And it will be interesting to see uh, in January what they do decide to do with redistricting, reclassifications, and, um, you know, of course, uh, the two-year schedule. But... Um, maybe it is time, and again, keep in mind, football and the other sports have always been different as far as number of classifications. Uh, you know, the smallest schools in the state don't play football, but they do play baseball. They play volleyball, maybe well, maybe not a lot. but And track, too. You and know? track. And, and some uh, spring sports. You know, absolutely. Basketball. I mean, there's always been, well, not always. As long as I've been in the state, there have been seven classifications for you know, baseball for basketball, softball, uh, track in uh, volleyball, soccer. They they've always been a little bit different because there are less schools that participate in some of those sports. But uh, it's it's time to take a good look at uh, whether or not four cla- or five classifications are needed. And let's just go with four divisions or four cl- whatever you call them. Uh, go with four and uh, do that in the regular season and the postseason. Yeah, uh, of course, the old mention years ago uh, with, uh, of course, the split, as you mentioned, started 10 years ago in 2013. And it was just a lot of the public schools felt that with the uh, private schools, parochial schools being able to accept kids outside the zones uh, for their athletic teams, uh, and it seemed like, all the uh, private parochial schools were winning state championships, and uh, they felt that they needed to do something about that. Of course, now with uh, the number of select schools that are public schools, uh, because of open enrollment, uh, a lot of that's changed, and uh, it's uh, gotten to the point now, uh, I don't know. And uh, there's all the wink and a nod schools, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. Uh, and with that, too, I'd like to one day see it come down to uh, where everybody plays against each other again based on enrollment numbers. And, uh, of course, you're going to have schools that are going to have uh, X number of kids, uh, uh, a 5A school that might have uh, 2,000 kids enrolled in school, and then you might have a 5A school that only has 1,200 kids enrolled in school with the cutoff. So uh, there's some differences there. Uh, I know uh, back in the day uh, when you had a lot of uh, – uh, parochial and Catholic schools that uh, had just boys or just girls, all they did was double the uh, enrollment to classify you uh, with that. So uh, a lot of changes. Let's hope uh, the principals get together. As Coach Hudson said, who knows what's going to transpire uh, in the next uh, four months. And, and also what he said is you're never going to please everyone. Everyone, not everyone's in a unique situation, but – There's probably five levels of unique situation for all of these schools that, you know, find themselves in the lower end of uh, attendance in their classification. And uh, again, whether or not uh, open enrollment exists, uh, you're you're never going to be able to do something that serves everyone equally. Yeah. Bottom line. And uh, last but not least, I'm trying to remember, year, years ago, I can remember there won't believe it or not, there were only five classification. AAA was the top uh, classification of schools here in the uh, state. Uh, B schools, I can believe it or not, B schools uh, played football 
And before they uh, had the announcement uh, and when they went to foray, which was 1971, they went to foray. I can remember school like like uh, uh, Turlings. It was then called Father Turlings. And uh, they were a big classification school just getting underway as the uh, parochial school in Brobridge had shut down. And uh, this school began. And they might have had 20, 25 kids out for football and B. And, of course, today they're for a classification school. Westgate journeys uh, this uh, Friday to Turlings to take on the Rebels in a big uh, district game for uh, Westgate uh, as they suffered their first loss course to the number one ranked team in AA in the state in Calvary Baptist up in uh, the Shreveport area. But uh, with that, uh, the Westgate Tigers have been pretty successful the last few years uh, with regards to their games. Uh, we wish them the best. Of course, they've got a, a tall schedule. I do think, as Coach Antoine mentioned Monday here on Bayou Sports, that they probably play in the toughest district in the state when you consider the LCAs in there, Turling, St. Thomas Moore, who's the number one ranked team, defending state champ. I mean, they've got some notable uh, opponents that they take on each year. Uh, North Vermillion also they've got to uh, take on later on this year. So, uh with that uh, high school football, and already, Jeff, half the year is over in high school football in the regular season. It's hard to believe just that quick it goes by. Of course, uh, the more pleasant temperatures for games that will take place here in the next few weeks. So uh, with that, of course, after the uh, uh, West St. mary Lorville game, we uh, have Delcom and Catholic High followed by Franklin and Catholic High. Lafayette Christian will travel to Westgate uh, on the 20th of October. Then Catholic High journeys to Lorville on the 27th of October. And for our last regular season game, Central Catholic will be at Highland Baptist uh, in a ball game uh, in that regard. So uh, a lot going on high school football course. The, the St. Martinville Tigers will take on Erath uh, at home this weekend. As we mentioned, the Yellow Jackets will play Opelousas elsewhere. Um, Lorville, uh, West St. Mary will be at Lorville. Uh, the Catholic High Panthers, of course, uh, taking on Ascension Episcopal. And uh, between Ascension Episcopal, Lorville, and Catholic High, pretty much one of those three teams has controlled the district in the last uh, few years. Of course, elsewhere uh, around uh, uh, high school football uh, with that, as we mentioned, uh, Highland Baptist will be at Maryville. The Generate Tigers, who suffered their first loss last week against Central Catholic, they'll play the Hanson Tigers uh, over here in uh, Generate along uh, 182 there. And, of course, we mentioned about uh, the Delcom Panthers uh, traveling to take on Franklin in a ball game, the Hornets. So, uh, uh, of course, um, college football, LSU, uh, has a big game up in Missouri. Meanwhile, the Raging Cajuns uh, will take on Texas State and for, uh, play former LSU and Auburn quarterback T.J. Finley, who's now the starting quarterback at Texas State. Last year, the Cajuns handled them pretty easily, too, if my memory serves me correctly. So uh, Coach Mike Desimo uh, uh, will have the Cajuns uh, as they suffered a tough game last week, losing up in, uh, to the Golden Gophers of Minnesota last week, 35-24. to Elsewhere, the Saints... We'll see what the Saints can do as they travel to New England uh, as uh, Derek Carr, hopefully his shoulder's gotten a little bit better, and hopefully the Saints can show a little more offense, defense. Uh, you know, when you give up 26 points, uh, hopefully the Saints can score more than 20 for the first time this year. So uh, a lot of football going on, Jeff, a lot of college action too. So with that, uh, anyway, in the meantime, of course, uh, Coach, as we mentioned, Coach Lyosa gets caught up sometimes with uh, classes uh substituting for teachers, helping out there at the Delcom High School. But in the meantime, just about time to take our next break. You're listening here to Bayou Sports here on a big hump day. Uh, Wednesday, we'll be back with more along with Today in Sports History right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. 
And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Road. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Road and enjoy. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Athletic Field provides challenges that test their competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Landry and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good paying jobs that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big hump day Wednesday. And, you know, the NIL era has upended college sports, but it has also quietly opened the door for high school athletes to begin cashing in. The latest, well, on Monday, uh, Georgia, the state of Georgia, became the 30th state plus Washington, D.C., to allow high school athletes to profit off their name, image, and likeness while competing this new reality won't impact the vast majority of high school athletes in each uh, in the Peach State who are simply playing sports for the fun of it. But it also, as a football recruiting hotbed, Georgia has plenty of prospects with the national profiles who can now monetize themselves. Where it stands, each state has a slightly different regulations, but here are some of the jurisdictions where the NIL deals are currently permitted. Alaska, California, Colorado, Connecticut, District of Columbia, Georgia, Idaho, Illinois, uh, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Nebraska, Nevada, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, North Carolina, North Dakota, Oklahoma, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Tennessee, Utah, Virginia, and Washington. Uh, meanwhile, uh, there's a young man out of uh, uh, that out of Georgia, a 15-year-old that is committed to USC, believe it or not, could make seven figures now that Georgia has opened the floodgates uh, with that. Notably absent from the above list that I read off of 30 states is Texas, where the NIL laws have driven some of the top athletes out of the state, believe it or not. And uh, with that, of course, the Prep Super League, the former president of the USFL, is launching a league for the elite players that will assist with the NIL deals. Of course, oh. Georgia currently has three of the top ten uh, football recruits in the 2024 class per rivals anyway. But uh, that includes the number one recruit, Dylan uh, Raliola, a quarterback who is committed to Georgia. So uh, NIL deals uh, for high school kids. Uh, hadn't seen much of that here locally, Jeff. But, uh, I mean, it's out there, of course, uh, most high school kids are under age, 18 years or under 17, 16. But it's out there, and uh, they, Louisiana's one of the schools has uh, addressed it. And, again, you know, nothing would stop a high school football player from working at McDonald's uh, or any place like that. So they can profit from their name. God bless them. Yeah. Uh, so with that, uh, of course. You know, again, we just hope that it's ethical and, and yeah. the reasons why. And again, if a high school kid can promote a local burger place and uh, you know, help them sell some burgers, he should be compensated. Yeah, just quickly, uh, NRL, the National Football League's power ratings out. The 49ers are on the top, followed by the Bills, Eagles, Chiefs, and Cowboys. Of course, there'll be an interesting match this weekend as the Cowboys and 49ers go at it. So, of course, after the Bills uh, blew out the uh, the Dolphins, they fall to six in that regard. Of course, you ask, where are the Saints? Where are the Saints? Well, the Saints, after their showing uh, against the uh uh, uh the Tampa Bay they're they're 16th but believe it or not Tampa Bay is at 11th so uh right now a lot of games left to go but uh looks like Tampa Bay uh, is going to maintain uh a little control here 
on the uh, uh, division that the Saints, Atlanta and Carolina, Carolina, of course, owed for it that uh, regard. Elsewhere today, hump day today in sports history, uh, back in 1904, White Sox left-hander Doc White's streak of 45 consecutive Major League scoreless inning is snapped by the New York Hollanders. Of course, that's the future Yankees. They will change to Yankees, I think, in 13 or 14 uh, with that. Uh, anyway, also in 1908, uh, Cleveland Naps, uh, the future Baseball Hall of Famer, Addie Yoss, hurls a classic perfect game beating Ed Walsh and the uh, White Sox one nothing. Elsewhere on this date in 1920 the Cincinnati Reds and the Pittsburgh Pirates play the first and only major league triple header. That's right folks. The Reds win the first two games 13 to 4 and 7-3. The Pirates avoid the sweep on one day uh, of 6 nothing. Remember this, no lights back then. I wonder what time they started to play a triple header that day. Uh And I wonder what the pennant implications were because uh, that's, this that's is right. it's, it's already October. That is know? correct. Anyway, also in this date, 1921, uh, Babe Ruth hits his record then 59th homer uh, in a 7-6 win over his former club, the Boston Red Sox, at the Polo Grounds. That's right. The Yankees played at the Polo Grounds along with the Giants until 23 when the house at Ruth built and uh, opened up in 1923. Elsewhere in this date, in 32, the Yankees win their 12th consecutive World Series game and sweep the Fall Classic for the third time as the Bronx Bombers bang out 19 hits. They route the Cubs 13-6 at Wrigley Field. Field. Also on this date, 1936, the Yankees uh, score baseball world's record 18 runs in a route of the rival Giants in Game 2 at the Polo Grounds. Uh, Yankees win the series four games to two. Also, future Baseball Hall of Famer Bob Feller strikes out a record 18 Detroit Tigers as the Cleveland Indians, now Guardians, uh, lose 4-1 to one at Cleveland Stadium. Believe it, striking out, striking out 18 and he still gets beat. Must have walked a few people. Elsewhere in this date, in 1947, Yankees catcher Yogi Berra hits the first, believe it or not, the first pinch hit home run in World Series history off Ralph Branca. Ralph Branca, remember, gave up the big home run to Bobby Thomas where the Giants win the pennant over the Dodgers. Uh, anyway, in the seventh inning, uh, in that regard, uh, the Yankees got beat by the Dodgers in that game three, but went on to win the World Series in 47. Also, in 1949, for the first time in 41 years, pennant races both in the major leagues are decided on the final day of the season as the Yankees up in rival Red Sox, 5-3. Uh, to three, The Dodgers beat the Phillies 9-7. Nine to seven uh, with that uh, win. Also uh, on this day in 1954, Don Little beats Bob Lemon seven to four as the Giants completely an unlikely World Series sweep over the Cleveland Indians. Cleveland that year won 111 games and lost only 43. Uh, the American League mark for the regular season wins until what Seattle won what 116 games so, in yeah. 2001 uh, that year. Uh, elsewhere, uh, on this date, 1962, the San Francisco Giants beat the Dodgers 8-7 to in four hours and 18 minutes in Game 2 of the National League tie-breaking series, the longest nine-inning game in Major League history at that time. Of course, the Giants went on to win the series uh, two games to one and ended up falling to the Yankees in seven games in the World Series. Elsewhere on this date, 1963, Sandy Koufax sets a World Series record as he strikes out 15 Yankees in game one of the Baseball World Series at Yankee Stadium. Dodgers win 5-2 to two and sweep the Yankees four games to none. Elsewhere on this date, 1968, St. Louis Cardinal pitcher Bob Gibson beats Sandy Koufax's record of uh, five years earlier as he strikes out 17 Detroit Tigers to win game one of the Fall Classic, four to nothing. Also on this date, uh, in 78, the Yankees win their third straight AL East title by beating the Red Sox on Bucky Dent, and they, they had another expleted uh, word in there. But uh, Ron Guidry uh, wins a game, uh, his 25th of the year, as the Yankees go on to uh, uh, win the World Series against the Dodgers. Also in this date, in 1988, the Minnesota Twins draw over 3 million fans in attendance at Hubert H. Humphrey uh, Metrodome. It's the first American League club, hard to believe, to, to break the 3 million mark. you think the Yankees with a 60-plus thousand-seat stadium yeah. would have broke that uh, record back in the day. Of course, the Yankees... Uh, After they remodeled the stadium, uh, the Yankees were very good. Uh, they moved back into Yankees Stadium, 
76, uh, went on to win uh, three or four pennants, uh, maybe four, five of six. Uh, Something like that. 81. Yeah, 70, 76, 7, and 8, and along with 81. So at least yeah. four pennants after. Had some down years, though. Uh, oh, and true. they played at Chase Stadium for, uh, what, a couple years until the renovation of uh, Yankee Stadium in those years. Elsewhere on this date, 1994, uh, legendary Miami coach uh, Don Shula beat Cincinnati uh, head coach and his son David in the first ever NFL meeting between father and son. Dolphins defeat the Bengals 23-7. to Elsewhere on this date in 2001, Cubs right fielder Sammy Sosa becomes the first player in Major League Baseball history to total 60 home runs in three different seasons. Of course, this Chicago slugger connects off red starter Lance Davis to reach that milestone in a 5-4 to loss. Also, historic date today in 2016, veteran broadcaster Vince Scully calls his final L.A. Dodger game in a 7-1 loss to the Giants after a record 67 major league seasons as the Dodgers broadcaster. Vince Scully. Birthdays today, uh, Maury Wills, of course, the uh, uh, shortstop in the National League for many years, seven-time All-Star, sets uh, broke Ty Cobb's record of stolen bases in one season with 104 swipes way back in 62, was the MVP in the league that year, but the Dodgers uh, lose the uh, playoff series to the Giants. Of course, he was born in Washington, D.C., and Maury Wills passed away way back in uh, 2022 last year. Also, also managed with the Mariners. Yeah, he sure did. That's right. He was the one that uh, went down the uh, the infield. <laughs> so the the team he was playing, I can't remember who it was, couldn't steal bases. Anyway, also uh, born on this day, Ponchatoula native, Earl Wilson, who pitched for the Detroit Tigers, had a no-hitter with the Tigers back in the day. He was born on this day way back in 1934. And uh, with that, Jeff, or of course, uh, uh, I want to say today, uh, anyway, uh, the quote of the day, you know, Tim McCarver on Bob Gibson said, Gibson is the luckiest pitcher that I've ever seen because he always pitches the night uh, to pitch or picks the night to pitch when the other team doesn't score any runs. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's today in sports history here on a big hump day uh, Wednesday, Jeff. Uh, now back to you. All right. As always, thanks to our guest, Rick Hudson, head coach at Highland Baptist and our sponsors by sports. Brought to you by the Hedekin Pain Center, Jacob Landry, candidate for State Rep District 49, L.A. Classic Roofing, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, and the Schwing Insurance Agency. Appreciate their support of Bayou Sports.